This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray. King of glory, where would we be without you? Creator of the heavens, the sun, the angels, the moon, the stars, the earth, the seas and all that is in them. This meeting is worthless without your spirit. Would you please, Spirit of the living God, take over? We love you. We welcome you. We need you. Move in this gathering and wherever else this meeting is listened to in a way you've never moved before. Release your glory, Father. Release your fire. Let revival break out in a way we could never have imagined. In the name of Jesus, my Father, your people need healing. Release healing, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Physical healing, spiritual healing, financial healing, marital healing, healing everywhere, even business healing, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father God, I present my lips to you. Touch them, Lord. Put your own words inside of my mouth so that I don't speak out of flesh and carnality. Fill me with your words and wisdom that the enemy will not be able to gainsay or resist in Jesus' name. Prepare the hearts and the minds that are listening, Father. We will surely return the glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Family, I greet you all in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah, please be seated. You know, a family member of mine was going through a very serious challenge. And I happened to have bumped against a man by the name of Pastor Chico. He told me that he was nothing more but uh, a Mordecai type of person. He was a security person making sure that people arrive into the premises safely. And it is that man who told me about this ministry and how well-groomed he was, imagine from the Bible college here. And he helped that family member of mine and helped that family member of mine reconnect with the Lord mightily. So it is not an exercise in futility enrolling in a Bible college. I'm a product of two Bible colleges myself. Turn with me, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to be reading from verses 16, actually, not just 17, to 21. And the topic is, thank you, Lord, for remembering us like Mordecai. I read... Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies. Test all things, 
hold fast to what is good. I may add verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. Hallelujah. The Lord commands us in verse 18 to give thanks under all circumstances. A principle I, I learned long before I even became a child of God. For when I was very young and, and my wife was very young, we lost our third child by the name of Mokalake. It was a devastating experience. My, our firstborn here, Johanna, and the secondborn, Mohaitsu, kept asking us, where is Mokalake, daddy? We would say he's in heaven. We didn't know what else to tell them. And they said, no, let's go to heaven and visit him. It was such a devastating experience. But then somehow, and I believe it is this merciful God, although we did not know him, caused us to appreciate that we could just as well have lost all three of our children and that one of us could just as well have died. And we kept expressing gratitude that only one, he's he's irreplaceable, but only one died. We still have two more, and we were young enough to be blessed with more children. So we learned to give thanks under extraordinarily difficult circumstances. And I know that many of us have lost our loved ones. Some have been retrenched. Others have experienced the ruination of their business enterprises. But you're still here to listen to the encouragement from the Most High God. And I am here to assure you that a better tomorrow lies around the corner. Hallelujah. Firmly, the Lord has used several of his trusted vessels to give us the assurance that he has not forgotten us. People like Kim Clement, who moved from this country to the USA, was a true prophet of God. Chuck Pierce, Emmanuel Kure, Amaka Abe, Veronica West, Jennifer Leclerc, Cindy Jacobs, Naomi Schoenberger, to give us a message that is not general, but a message that is specific to the glorious future, the glorious destiny of our country and our continent. In fact, the Lord says in the prophecies, which I encourage all of us to get hold of, that he has chosen this nation as a glory bowl of the greatest revival in the history of the earth. He says revival, the unprecedented revival in the history of the earth will break out here and spill out to the rest of the nation, the continent, I beg your pardon, and from the continent to the rest of the nations of the earth. He says not only will Africa be saved, but Africa will be known as a continent of Pentecost and Africa will evangelize the whole world. Hallelujah. And he gives a reason. He has has set up this nation as a precious jewel in his crown that cannot be plucked out or removed. I was wondering why plucked out and removed because once you've plucked it out, you've removed it. But it's for double emphasis. It is like Pharaoh's dream that is repeated twice for emphasis and for the assurance that it's about to be to be realized. He also explains why Africa, which has become 
synonymous with corruption, maladministration, incompetence, sickness, disease, and bagging. He says, when I was a child, it is Africa that embraced me. It is Africa that could, took good care of me. It is Africa that protected me from the coronavirus of the time known as Herod, who wanted to destroy me. He says, even when it mattered the most during the last, my last, the last mile of my ministry, it is a man from Africa, Simon of Cyrene, who helped me to carry the cross of your shame and sickness and disease. <clears throat> because he's a God who never forgot what Mordecai had done to save the life of a king and remembered him when it mattered the most. So has he done with us. The time for us to be remembered when the whole world is wallowing in gloom and hopelessness and even at the time when our own nation is wallowing up in hopelessness and desperation is now. It has come. In a number of prophecies that have been released, the Lord started off by saying, there is a birthing process happening. The destiny of this land is being birthed. This land's economy is going to be very strong. It is going, the currency will be strong and will never be manipulated. The Lord kept on repeating through different prophets that this, in his eyes and in his plans, is the land of great resources, the land of great wealth, and the land of great wealth generation. He says to his children will be released massive wealth transfer of the magnitude that their minds cannot even begin to comprehend. So family, that is what is coming our way. What you and I, and I won't, I won't say it once, what you and I must do, get hold of these prophetic words in your corner as the Lord. Are these your prophets? Do you know them? Or are they chance takers? Even if they are your prophets, did you speak to them about my future? Did you speak to them about the church of God? Did you speak to them about the critical role that our nation is going to play in the history of the continent and in the history of the earth? And once you receive confirmation, it becomes your responsibility to do with it what I'm about to say. The Lord, among other things, says this greatest revival or greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that has never been experienced before will turn us, in fact, not will, is, has begun to turn us into a land of hope, a land of inspiration, a land of healing, a land of reformation, a land of restitution, a land of unity and genuine reconciliation, a land without violence. That's what the Lord is promising. In fact, talking about violence, the Lord said violence is going to come to an end, corruption is going to come to an end, and all crime will come to an end. Not only will he expose and punish the corrupt, but there will come a time when there is no crime whatsoever in this country, and prisons will be turned into educational centers. Somebody may say, eh, but that's just too good to be true. Somebody reminded me in one of the meetings that I was at, he said, in Rwanda, 
said something about Rwanda. I said, as a matter of fact, I went to Rwanda. There's no crime there. I got testimonies from uh, officials from the, um, the, Netherlands, the embassy of the Netherlands. They were telling me, women were telling me, that 12 midnight, they walk the streets of Kigali as they please. Even in the villages, there is no crime. And one businessman was telling me that one day, an exception happened. Somebody broke into their hospitality, um, uh, uh, into their uh, hotel, I beg your pardon. And they went to the press, sent a message to the president and said, you told us there's no crime in your country. What is this? They said, give us three hours. And in three hours' time, everything that had been stolen was restored to them. So I said, if President Kagame, an ordinary human being, can make sure that in this Africa there is no crime, what about the Almighty God? Yeah. Family, if we believe in this God, then we've got to believe his blessed assurance that crime will be something of the past in this great nation. And once that template has been released to us, we can then share it with the rest of the continent and with the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. It says there will be many angelic visitations and many manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the rural areas, in the villages, in the squatter camps, and all over the country. And that move would turn the hearts of multitudes towards God fully, with a result that people will of their own accord come rushing into the kingdom of God. And that's how this nation, that's how the continent of Africa, and that is how the nations of the earth will be, will be saved. He says, children will cry out for their mothers and parents will cry out for their children. What does that mean? Remember how devastated and divided family are, families are right now. Young people are into alcoholism, drug addiction, untold immorality, and rebellion. God is going to touch the hearts so that the family unit is together and strong. Children respect their parents, and parents know what to do. Hallelujah. And the church of God will also be united. Never again will we be divided by anything. The strongholds responsible for the division and untold evil in our land, even in our own families, will be, are in the process, not just will be, are in the process of being dismantled. And the principalities that enable division and evil in our own country will also be not, will ju not just will also, but are in the process of being displaced or removed. Hallelujah. Is that not something to thank the Lord for, family? <laughs> the healing and miracle working power of God will flow throughout the land. The land will thus be healed of all diseases and all plagues. And the Lord says he will use his own church to pray every plague, including coronavirus, out of this land and out of the continent. Now, the Lord also says the remnant has arisen. 
and heaven has heard our prayers. And he has already sent. It's all in the prophecies. He has already sent angelic reinforcement so that our glorious destiny is not sabotaged. He says this angelic army is ready and all heaven waits for a command from the king of glory. Hallelujah. Now you know that the enemy just never allows any good thing to happen without resistance. John 10.10 10 tells us that the enemy comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So there is war, fierce war that is raging in the spiritual and in the physical realm. We have a very simple responsibility to shoulder, and that is to cooperate with the Lord and pray a prayer that says, Lord, now that you have readied, you have prepared your army, the angelic army, to destroy whatever needs to be destroyed for us to experience this good that you have uh, promised us. Do it. Issue the command that they are waiting for. Hallelujah. 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 Now, Our responsibility based on what I have already read is to get hold on, of the prophecies. When I say what I've already read, I mean 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 21, and test the spirit behind the prophecy. Once you receive that these are prophecies from the Most High God, Grab hold of the promises knowing that God who says in those prophecies that a church, meaning the remnant, has a major role to play, depends on you and I to rescue humanity from the devastation of the enemy. He says, remember 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18, do battle or do warfare with his prophecy. And that is what David did according to 2 Samuel chapter 7. If you read from verse 12 or if you like just verse 16 and then you can jump to verses 25 to 29. What David did was because he was kingdom minded as he was busy enjoying the palace, he said, but I can't be enjoying the palace like this when the ark of the covenant inhabits the tents. I am going to build a, a house for the Ark of the Covenant. And the Lord was so moved, the same way he will be moved if you assume the responsibility to ensure that his name is glorified, that his will is done by praying these prophecies through so that humanity can be saved. The Lord was moved. He says, there will never cease to be a man who comes from your loins, who will rule over the nation. What did David do? He didn't say, oh, you have spoken. You are the almighty. Do what you have promised. No. 
he reminded the Lord of what he had said and asked the Lord to do that which he undertook to do. I keep saying to people, the way this works is like how my children have been relating to me and how I related to my parents. They would come to me or out promise them something, and from time to time, Daddy, you said you will do this. I said, yes. And they will go and play with their friends, testifying already. My daddy is going to buy me a bicycle. My daddy is going to buy me a bicycle. And then it can be even up to five times in one day. Daddy, you said you are going to buy me a bicycle. I said, my dear, did I ever say I'll change? He said, yes. I just wanted to make, yes, daddy is going to do it. If you are the child of the Most High God, that is what he expects of us, family. You come to him and say, Daddy, I know you are faithful. I know you are a covenant-keeping God. I'm thanking you for the healing that is coming. I'm thanking you for the economic uh, breakthrough that is coming. You said through the mouth of your vessel, Kim Clement, that there will be radical employment boost. Our economy will be strong. You said there are treasures that are hidden, even oil. You said the agricultural sector through uh, Charlie Shump, one of your prophets, will become very strong. There will be new technological discoveries that have never been discovered anywhere in the world that will help boost the food production. Lord, do it. Do it, Daddy, do it. That's what the Lord requires of you and I. He doesn't want us to attack people. He doesn't want us to attack politicians. No, play your part. Cry unto your Father to intervene, knowing that that is exactly what he wants to do. Incidentally, Solomon did the same thing. Second Chronicles chapter 6, if you read from verse 6, 14 to 17, I won't read it. Second Chronicles chapter 6, verses 14 to, to 17. He didn't say, my father David they prayed that premise, that there will never cease to be a man who comes from his loins to rule the nation. No. He said, Lord, you said to my father, do it. Do it. So that's how to wage war with prophecies. Hallelujah. And there is also a warning. The Lord says in the prophecies that we must prepare, prepare, prepare. Why? So that we don't fail like the brothers or the church in Toronto, Canada did. We don't fail like the church in Argentina did. We don't fail like the church in the United States of America did. We don't fail like the church did in the UK and in other nations of the earth. Because some, when the outpouring of the Spirit came, they sought to control the Spirit of the living God. Others, as the Lord turned the hearts of multitudes fully, towards himself through his spirit, they then build religious institutions instead of seeing themselves as centers for the discipling of the saints so that they can spread the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. Others, the Lord says in America, commercialized 
the move of God. So we've got to also ask God, Lord, I don't want to miss out on this greatest revival ever in the history of the earth. I've never been this way before. Your people have never been this way before. Teach me how to be ready. Help me to be ready. I don't want to let you down. He also says, stop playing church. Don't be passive. Seek me with all your heart. Hunger more for me. Thirst more for me. It's all in the prophecies, family. Hallelujah. 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 And what is it to thank God for so far, apart from the promise? One of the promises he makes is that there will be an unstoppable revival of prayer. And our people in this land have begun to pray like never before. I'm part of a prayer group that started praying for this land, the continent, and the nations of the earth since the 25th of March, 2020. We've been praying initially every 12 midnight, and it has changed now. We pray 12 noon and 6 p.m. every day. That's not normal. It can only be a consequence of the fulfillment of these prophecies that there will be an unstoppable revival of prayer. What else? The Lord said he will bind in unity his church according to his love and purpose. Has it begun to happen? Of course it has. We pray like that coming from different ministries, and I believe there are many other people who come from different ministries, driven by their love for God, driven by their love for the people of this land, driven by their love for the people of the continent and the nations of the earth. They come together. They put aside their petty differences and choose to focus on what will redound to the common good of all. And they pray. That is a consequence of the unity that the Lord has already begun to effectuate in his church. And... Um, and, um, and uh, what else? Um, the meetings, there are a number of meetings happening. People come from different churches. And what they want to know is how can we join hands together to pray for our nation. Our nation is troubled. The economy is troubled. Morality is down. The uh, people have got no jobs, crime, even car accidents are claiming lives. We just want to pray and be on the side of God so that he can do that which he has always wanted to do. Isn't that what to thank the Lord for, family? Now, it is an honor and a privilege for us. Wow, talking about honor and privilege. I never thought, thank the leadership of this church for inviting me. Uh, I'm grateful to Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans for inviting me, and Dr. Johnny, and the leadership of the, of the church, and even the members. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a privilege to be allowed to share a message of God at, uh, on this pulpit. Hallelujah, particularly rega having regard to how people tend to abuse pulpits when given an opportunity to, to do so. 
Now, there is also a strange anointing that we must thank the Lord for that has already been released. I'm telling you, uh, I'm experiencing strange anointing, strange fire, strange power. I drove from Mafiken to Rafrenet on the 16th, stopped over. The next day, drove to Kabeja, PE, um, slept over, ministered the next day. After ministering, drove to East London, and then... Uh, Slept over, drove to Mtata, ministered Mtata, went to a village, Jesus, where revival broke out in 1953. We were in a service until uh, late at night in a rendezvous in the rural area. The power of God was too much. Came back, slept. Next day, moved to Deben, ministers. The next day, come to Johannesburg. Only had one day. Drove to Standard 10, ministered. The same day, drove to Mafikeng all the way. The next day, drove to Polokwane. And then the next, yesterday, I was ministering. Drove last night. I'm here ministering. I'm not, I'm, I'm fresh. Why? The strange anointing that the Lord has promised is already flowing. There is fire. There is miracle working Power. Receive that power in the name of Jesus. So family, we've got a lot to thank God for. I urge you to pray for the will of God to be done. I choose to close in view of the time available to me with prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the merciful God who when for a long time it was not possible for us to be gathered like this, intervened as part of the greatest revival in the history of the earth and made this meeting possible so that the gathering of the brethren is not forsaken. Thank you, Father. My Father, please, let everybody here, let everybody connected to this service, experience the reality of the revival that has broken out. Father, release the Holy Spirit in a way your people have not experienced Him before. Let your fire come down, Lord God Almighty, and consume what needs to be consumed and enlighten and give life to what needs to be enlightened and given life to. Anything that has been a barrier to your children's enjoyment of life and life in abundance, judge it, Father God. Any vessel of the devil that is making life unbearable for your people, Lord God Almighty, and you know that that vessel will, unlike Saul, never become a Paul, never give his or her life to you, deal with that vessel. Clear the barriers, my God, in the name of Jesus. Intervene as you have promised in the lives of your children. Let that massive wealth transfer happen. Let healing happen. Father, I stand here and ask my God for the immediate end to any sickness and disease, even coronavirus, Father, in the name of Jesus. You have the power to deliver us, Lord. Do it now. You created all creation in six days. My Father and my God, won't you intervene right now in the mighty name of Jesus? Father, you are God in heaven. You reign over the nations of the earth. 
in your hand there is power and might so that no one will be able to withstand your father. We don't always know what to do. We don't know with what to do with the challenges that confront us. Intervene and do what only you can do, Father, for this battle cannot be ours but yours. We return the glory to you, Father. We thank you for keeping us and our families alive. Thank you for comforting us, Lord, during periods of bereavement. Thank you for having been making the way for us all this long. Thank you, Father. Please receive our thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Was that not awesome? Come on, let's give God one more hand for this wonderful gift to the body of Christ. I feel so stirred in my spirit. How many of you were blessed this morning? I really hope those of you watching online were as blessed as what we have been over here. I'm going to take away this from Justice Mocheng Mocheng. God, just do it. Hallelujah. Lord, just do it as we hold fast to the prophecies of the Lord. Hallelujah. What a wonderful message of hope. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Please, no one looking around, whether you're here in the auditorium, online, or in our venues. We cannot close a service like this as this challenge has been thrown out by the Lord as we've heard about what lies ahead for the continent of Africa. We have to play our part. But it starts with surrendering your life to Jesus. He is the one who created you. He is the one that fashioned you and only He can equip you. So if you are seated here today or online and you've never Receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never surrendered your life to Him. I want to give you that opportunity right now to do that. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I simply, at the count of three, want you to raise your hand in the air and say, Pastor Andre, please pray with me. I'm ready to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm ready to step up. If that's you at the count of three, raise your hand. One two, three, right now, raise your hand high in the air so I can pray a prayer of salvation with you. Hands going up all over in the venues and online. Won't you please pray this prayer after me? Every one of you that are ready to surrender your life to God, let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I've not played my part. I've not surrendered to you. Today, I surrender my life. Lord Jesus, I know that you died for me. And after three days, you rose again, having paid the penalty for my sin so that I can be right with God. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. I make you the Lord of my life. I promise to love you and to serve you until the day I meet you face to face. Come on, let's give them a great big God bless you and a congratulations for those who've committed their life to Jesus. The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, to as many as have received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Congratulations, you have been born again into the family of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. 
If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 